Good evening, and welcome to the Lap of the Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Jay Sickmaster. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad we could do this. I'm sorry any delays we had. Um, right. A lot of people know you from, from Dangerous Toys, but you have a couple other bands that you're in, as we you know. know. We're going to have everybody go to your website because you have a good breakdown there of all your bands. Your site, yeah, and I always tell people... It's, it's not all there, but there's a lot of it there. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. As much as it's going to be on you, because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, one of the exciting things for me is, like, when the internet came out and then pass and announce your stuff and everything, a lot of bands I loved because you couldn't, there was no resources to hear all these metal bands, you know. You could start hearing them again on the internet. Either you see the videos or the music or whatever and try and track down. And you were one of the, one of the bands and artists that had a lot of different artists, uh, bands out there. Yeah. So you having a lot of stuff together where you can actually get it and purchase it and support you is yeah. nice. You know, and that's one of the things the show is about is supporting the artists. Um, and as we were talking before, I'm looking at one of the buying one of those, those nice sweatshirts, dangerous toys. You got a lot of good cool. good merch on your site. Cool. So we're well, gonna put the, the link will be underneath here also, so people can go right. check out afterwards for this right. and your, your your podcast. Um I do want to jump in with dangerous toys though. Um and this is more of a fan question. You guys came out, your first album, I, I loved it, it was really good. Second album I enjoyed. Um, third album was was probably like my top ten album still, ever. Wow. This is probably like my favorite. Like that is just, you know, blows. There's nothing wrong with the second one, but to me, like first one was special, but third one that was just that's the bomb. That's like the ultimate Dangerous Toys album to me. You're you're on point because uh, the second record was kind of like this sort of like it's soft in the middle. It's uncooked. Sounds unfinished to me it now feels like it's just the edge i don't know what it is and I, I don't know because it sounds good you well, sound good the band sounds good it's just something yeah. that doesn't feel the same well it's not the same because uh the songs are not they're not cooked i feel like um we were pulled off the road you know to go make the record it's like we're doing really well touring the in support of the first record <coughs> and times are great and you know, maybe the the label and management saw something down the road that, you know, oh, the music climate is going to change. You know, the window of opportunity for music like this is going to going to close, going to die. So we need to get these rip these guys off the vine and go make them create something new so we can try to get back on the horse after that. It didn't quite work out for them very well. In my opinion, we should have stayed on the road and milked the crap out of that first record because totally. it was doing it was doing good and we ended up on tour with the cult we were selling a lot of records we were had done like three or four runs across the u.s uh and a short trip to europe uh that's that summer of that i'm sorry that winter of 89 so here we were in 1990 with the cult you know playing right up until like mid april of 90 and the label's like, hey, y'all need to go home and make a record. And I'm like, so our numbers are not good? No, your numbers are great. So we're not selling merch very well? No, you're killing it. Why do you want to take us on the road? Oh, well, your window of opportunity. You know, they were crunching. They were bean counting. They were doing something that we right. weren't really thinking about. What year, what year was that when they, when they told you? 90, what, 90? 90. So the record came out summer, like, you know, May 9th of 89. And we yeah. immediately jumped on the road and did clubs and then did a bunch of stuff, you know, uh, supporting one-offs and stuff. By October, we were out with uh, – we did we did uh, a run with Junkyard. We did a run – and a bunch of spotted stuff with, like, Warrant and Extreme and Kicks and, you know, festival-type things. Right. But then we jumped on uh, with L.A. Guns in October – of 89 and then in december we went to uh 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 let's see it was la guns october faster pussycat in europe in december and the cult uh from january to like late march or early wow. april uh with the cult sonic temple and uh this this happened the phone rang that you got to go make a record i'm like what this, you're, you're not making money off of us oh no we are but you guys should go do it. It's like, damn, okay, this is weird. Did they, they actually so took you off the tour? We had a few songs, yeah. We had a few songs. And then uh, we uh, 
wrote some more and it's like okay we have until this date to be done with done writing and we're like this is fucking weird and so you know we had to write x amount of songs before this date because we were supposed to be in the studio by this date and it was very uh planned to the date and it's like to cull you know your creative brains um, right. and and cook the songs in the right way to feel like what we as a band and the label could agree on were were great fucking songs that never really came together as a crown it was uh okay there's a few pretty good ones here oh, yeah. and then you know line them up and best of friends and and give me no lip and uh you know gunfighter's pretty cool and an angel in you and you know those are cool uh and we still play a bunch of those live but the point is the point it's not like where there's like seven or eight kick-ass songs it's more like four and so you need you need at least seven or eight i think you know well the first album was totally solid and and then i agree it's probably half and half on the second one and the third one is 100 percent for me yeah. Which I love. I love putting something on, whether it's a disc or whatever, record or you know, CD, whatever. Always, you don't have to touch it. Yeah, a lot of pundits uh, say that that this band and they they're talk when they talk about Dangerous Toys, this is one of those bands that should have come out like a year or two earlier. Yeah. And then this sophomore thing, maybe would have like crowned a little better, you know. Uh, but I back to what you're saying about Pissed, the, the third studio record from 94, that's a solid record. And those songs were written in between uh, the ending of, you know, the beginning of 92 uh, and, and on, and they were just kind of handpicked by the band to make a record with. Uh, and during that time, we were at, we asked our label to let us go. Can you please drop the band? Can we be gone from your label? Wait, because really? We, yeah, Mostly, because most, we, most artists had gotten dropped by then of, of that scene. Well, they genre. kept they they kept on. They kept us on the roster, and and we would send them like three or four new demoed songs every week or every two weeks, and this went on yeah. for for all of '92, and we. Uh, you know, we wrote, I don't know, 70 fucking songs or something crazy like that. And they still were like, nope, keep writing. Nope, keep writing. Nope, keep writing. Nope, Meanwhile, keep you guys writing. aren't on tour. You're not selling anything. You're not on tour. Well, so we, did a, we did a tour in 93. We did like, you know, okay. 150 shows in 93, but we didn't have a record out. We were just playing songs. We had new material in the set. They were unreleased, and a lot of fans, you know, would... It was no cell phones, but, you know, we would let people in and they would record on their camcorder or whatever, you know. Then double piece the, You know, and, and, and or local video shows, public access mm -hmm. shows would tape, would tape our show. And so those songs, you know, some of them became fan favorites and some of them were on Pissed. So the, the funny thing is, is, uh, is that record kind of is an anomaly by way of, you know, we got signed off of who we used to be kind of thing before the musical climate kind of changed, even though we stayed the same for, you know, a long time. And, you know, the artist formerly known as the fourth studio record. Yeah, that has some one questions. Of, one of my favorite records because it was so like, it was like the evil stepchild. You know, it didn't have Shubit and Mom and a Baby, crotch grabbing lead singer, baby, 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 none of that. It was a dark horse kind of on purpose uh, because the musical climate was so like confused. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was thinking. Like no one knew what was going on back then. There was like, a period of time where music was Yeah, weird. very confused. And during that time was around the time that bands like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers became like a pop band. Wait a minute. Scratch your fucking head on that because they used to be this super funk punk funky crazy you know dope smoking junk shooting fucking crazy fuckers and and, and then all of a sudden sometimes i feel you know it just what is what is that what is that right. it's not my red hot chili peppers 
So they a lot of bands sort of like jumped the shark, and it worked for some, and it didn't work for others. Now the ones that didn't really work for who didn't have the the deep pockets, you know, the big machine throwing money at it to make it a hit, right? So we were we didn't have that anymore. We were more DIY. Piss was on an independent label. The artist formerly known as Dangerous Toys, which is the name of the fourth Dangerous Toys re- record, if you will, um, was so different that it's like we didn't have shit to lose. So I, yeah, I have a, I have a thought on that. I, maybe I think some, part of the thing was like we were like say like Red Hot Chili Peppers is a good example. A lot of people we knew about them right? is, is you know more music fans, but a lot of people didn't really know about until Blood Sugar had a couple hits. Yeah. So they weren't really actually reestablishing themselves. You, you had a core audience that all of a sudden you're like, I have something very new, totally different. And a lot of people are like, what? Or like, Warranted, uh, yeah. they changed up your sound. And, and, and Gene Lee was a good songwriter and he had some good songs. And, and if they had a different name or something, that, that album should have done well if it was a different, wasn't caught in the same thing. Just like I think yours would have been different and done well because it's really good stuff. I think once you have established as being a metal band, it, me, I'm saying generically, I'm saying metal or rock yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know how they like to label it. But in that period, once you were there established with that, your niche fan group, that fan group was not going to let you change. You were just a sellout. There was no evolving from one album to the other. You were, if you went from this to this, that's it, you know? And no one's harder than the fans. I mean, let me tell you, on my page today, somebody was, was cranking on um, Def Leppard about playing out or something, about old and giving it up and stuff. And, and I'm like, who cares? Actually, I saw it, man. It actually sounded good. And you got maybe even that age and singing and performing and filling with stadiums and everyone's happy. How does it not suck? If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. But, like, people are going to dog music so hard. So, like, I don't think you guys had a chance coming out of the gate well, with that album. Everyone's a, everyone's a critic now. And everyone yeah. has a, And everyone has a... Now you can be have a platform, you know, because of the Internet. You can. It's like, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, a Friday night in your buddy's garage with a case of beer bitching about the Def Leppard. Right. You know, it's you on your phone going... Man, I just saw Def Leppard, and they need to hang it up. It's like, why? Hey, they have plenty of reason to go out there and play rock and roll. Yeah, they want to. That's what they do. They play rock and roll, and you can't stop them. No, your opinion is not going to stop. Uh, it, you know, I think everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and they can shout it out from the top of the tree branches if they want, but don't fall. Well, might no. break your might break your neck. I didn't go after the guy because he was actually busting on um, tell him that they're writing. They need to write better. His grammar. Wow. It's hard to read. It's hard to read. It's hard to read what he wrote. I'm like, I didn't. I didn't know you should engage online. I'm like, I don't see why there's negativity. There's like three or four thousand people already watched this video I put up. I said they liked it. I was there. Everyone there liked it. Yeah. Um. And let me tell you something else. Even if you don't like a certain band, they have a new album out. They opened a concert in a stadium with like a brand new song. Who does that? Def Leppard. Oh, I know, but isn't that huge? Imagine <laughs> being a band I, I, not being so safe and being like oh, whatever. Oh, you know who does that? Uh, Iron Maiden does that. Yeah, of course Iron Maiden. But Iron Maiden is at a certain level there you can't just touch. Yeah, but I'm saying in that genre, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Iron Maiden can sell out all of Brazil in like <laughs> 10, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. But I'm saying for a tour over here, they didn't do like all all hits. They had like three or four new songs in there, and they're always trying yeah. to do that. So even if you don't like Def Leppard, ACDC does that too. Do they? Okay, Metallica does that sometimes too. Yeah, and at that level, that you do that, you know, that that's yeah, the, that's the thing, you know, that I think is great for any of these bands to do. You can't sure. you diss somebody that's doing new music still. Right. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you can't. They got balls. You know, to come out and just do their own stuff. So, if it if it were if it were, uh, you know, come coming out with a new anything after you've been around thirty years or more, is you got balls, because in my head, for the most part, as a fan, when I go see Iron Maiden, I don't want to hear anything new. Now, shame on me for saying that, because they have they're. They can do whatever they want. They're, it's their intellectual property. They can brand it and sell it however they want. But the stuff that I fell in love with is probably not... I don't have the same heart 
for something new by my favorite band, if you will, just to be generic. Uh, it's going to be more the first thing I heard that I want to hear when I go to the show. But I can't. It's, I'm not allowed to be butt hurt if they don't play my favorite song. So I'm not saying that you know everyone ha- is entitled to their opinion about about this subject. But like Dangerous Toys coming out with a new record, some people are going to go, "Oh my God, I've been waiting." What, 20, 20, 30 years for this to happen? You know, I'm like, yeah, you've been waiting a long time. And, you know, I'm just shocked that you care. But thank you. You know, Uh, meanwhile, in my opinion, this is my opinion, just Jason's opinion, that if it were me in the audience, I'd be waiting for scared and teasing, pleasing so I could go relieve the babysitter. Really? I'm turning into a pumpkin at midnight. You better play my favorite song so I can leave. I do get the get getting tired at night and losing your thing. And I actually walked out halfway through Motley Crue because it's just too uh, hot and it was just there's well, vocal there's, issues there, too. There's there, vocal there's issues that. too. There, there's there's that, but I'm talking songs and new material or whatever. It's like, I like better, I, I I'd rather see it honestly. Yeah, you better I, play some old shit that I fell in love with when I was in high school, or I'm going to be a little bit upset because I'm paying a babysitter, you know, twenty bucks an hour. I'm okay with see that's the thing. I'm one of the, the probably the minority. That's the problem is I'm okay with a new album coming out. And you play it, it'd be a good album. You know, playing three well, or four cuts. Well, ultimately, I am too because of what we were just talking about. I think it's important for you know if you're if you're the king of your own castle, you brand it, you write new, you play all new shit. Iron Maiden toured and they played their whole new record and everyone sat through it. And in Brazil, everyone knew all the words. If I were in Brazil, visiting in Brazil, going to see Iron Maiden in Brazil, I'd be standing in the middle going, I'm miserable. I don't know these songs. I'm waiting for Wrathchild. I'm waiting for Killers. I'm waiting for Transylvania. You know, I'm waiting for Number of the Beast. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for Prowler. And if I don't hear those, I'm not allowed to be upset. I'm not allowed personally to let myself go on the... Uh, on the internet and just rip Iron Maiden because they played all new material. That's a right. mistake, in my opinion, and I'm agreeing with you. That would be a mistake. It's just not necessary. I mean, it's, and I, I, I went back to the verse. I said the world has been on fire for the past couple of years. It is so bad. Yeah. You see somebody enjoying themselves. Like, who cares what it is? I mean, honestly, that's why I said I didn't, I didn't, I didn't beat them up. I couldn't torrent them. I'm like, I'm like, so like thirty thousand people watch this. The three thousand watch this video, and you see a thumbs up. I'm not making any money off this video. It's just some clips for the show. People are enjoying right. it. Some people are happy Amen. right now. God, someone's happy, you know? Yeah. But I, I do encourage bands, and I, I do like when they play new music, and, and it's hard because the fans don't want to hear it. I think because we, we get the imprint when you're younger. You know, you yeah. name all the songs, and I hear all the songs too. Those are the big times when you really know those albums because yeah. I don't know the way your life was at, your your, your views, and everything was different. And that's why a lot of those uh, uh, one-hit wonder shows they have, you know what I mean, for artists. Mm-hmm. And I talk to someone, they're like, I've had 19 albums since then. I don't know about one album. Because that was the teen year for somebody who heard it once, you know. Yeah, that sounds like my record collection. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I have I have the material that made me fall in love with a band. It's hard for me to branch out. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Go everything good. everything on the wall everything on the wall behind me is old, <laughs> not new. There's nothing oh, new funny. behind me. The newest well, thing is, the newest thing I have is probably I have Power Up and I love it. But the newest thing on my wall behind me is probably that Planet of the Apes. That's like Rise Against the Planet of the Apes or yeah. something, that post. That's probably the newest thing I have back there. I'm a big fan. I do like I like bands with new music, and I think there's a lot of uh, vibrant bands. I think the COVID also has been really good for bands because they all got that time to settle down and come up with a good album. Interesting. You know, And I think yeah. a lot of artists have come up with their, their best albums that they haven't been able to. You know. Well, a lot of a lot of it, it tested a lot of mental health as well as uh, immune systems. Right. But it also helped people like force creativity, which is which can be healthy. A lot of people that musicians were either started getting to painting, they did more painting, a lot more cooking, gardening, a lot more other things they branched out on during that time. So yeah. what were you doing during that time? Because you have a lot of different projects. Were you sending tapes and? Uh, I released I released records. Um, I released a live record by Broken Teeth called Evil in the Queue. Uh, it's available everywhere. It also comes with a bonus DVD. 
Um, I also released... Uh, it, this should be titled, What Jason Did During the Pandemic. Okay, let's be our segment. <laughs> By Jason McMaster, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Broken Teeth, Evil in the Queue, live uh, uh, CD, DVD package came out. Uh, also, a live igniter record came out uh, called Before the Plague, of course. It's called Before the Plague. And uh, that has a... Uh, a studio bonus track on it. We did uh, Virgin Killer by Scorpions. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. It came out so good. Uh, and the live record is really live, and it's crunchy as hell and super fun. Uh, Igniter Before the Plague, also available everywhere. Uh, and th- in those two shows were uh, recorded right before everything kind of blew up. Uh, the Broken Teeth was like December and then the the you know, recorded in December and then subsequent came out a year later, right in the middle of the, the you know, the COVID heat. Uh, same with uh, Igniter. That Igniter record was recorded live in January, right after the Broken Teeth record. And, and the crazy thing is, is the um, there was a there, we were planning on you know doing you know re, you know uh a worldwide release with the broken teeth project but that igniter live record was we didn't even know it was being recorded like the 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 front of house guy had a hard drive and he was just he just hit record and so we had all the st- he had all the stems from all this and a friend of mine you know oh, wow. I was stuck at home teaching from home and and uh, I get an email from a buddy of mine who had put on that igniter show, and he's like, "Check this out!" And it was rough mixes of of all of the igniter set, and I'm like, "What the hell is this? This is pretty cool!" And he's like, "Yeah, my buddy Ernie recorded this shit." And I'm like, "That's crazy! Do you have the stems?" And he's like, "As a matter of fact, I do." Boom, another email, all the stems, and I'm like, "Holy moly!" And I forwarded it to my guitar player, and he mixed it, and we made a live record. Awesome. I've heard Crazy. one song from that band. I like it. I'll take more. The truth is, you have so many bands, so many um, albums yeah. out with other things. It's, it's going to take you a while to, to catch it. Yeah. To actually, as I've been made aware of them, I, don't, I can't just digest them all at once. It's just I'm too not. Much. I'm not counting, but I think I've made about 25 studio records. Yeah, it's a lot. In, in, in my in in 40 years. Well, it's I mean, like, still it's a lot. So, you know, and, and it's still it's still taking on new music. Yeah. You know, and for you being yeah. a fan of wanting to hear other other music, you're the old heads. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. a lot of new music for other people, though. Pretty funny. Every once in a while, I'll talk to someone, and and this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to either brag on their collection or myself by saying, you know, uh, I have some. I guess I I should call them friends because they they claim to have every release I've ever done, and I'm like, oh yeah, do you have this? And they, yep, you got this. Yep. Yep, got it, got it, got it, got it. And I'm like, wow, I can't stump you. What about the? Oh, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, it's this thing. Oh, it's only one song that you're on, right? Yeah, I don't have that. I don't need that. <laughs> so you know, even when I try to stump them, I can't. I, it's like something that's like kind of arbitrary to my body of work. Yeah. You is it actually you did it. you were on one of the? I know there's a time like a lot, a lot, a lot of you, uh, the rock singers are doing a thing, doing a lot of one-off songs. For, for the, some labels of cover songs with other musicians. Oh, it's really I've interesting. Done, you did, I've done I, yeah, so Def Leppard one. I did Def Leppard yeah, is one of my go. favorites. Yeah, let it go. That's actually yeah. a great album of covers of people covering Def Leppard, actually. That's a really good album. Yeah, overall. I think it's called, the original release was called Leopard Mania. Yeah, something like that. I had, I had that one. I don't have a lot of, didn't have a lot of CDs of like covers of doing that. I yeah, think any, any, I think it's the only one I actually had of other bands. I think that's the original uh rhythm section from Warrant with Tracy Guns on guitar. That's what I think that is. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. So there's some interesting covers that came out back then that that phase of, of uh music. It was interesting, you know. Well yeah, the, and, the, uh, and the crazy thing is, is you think more and more of that would have happened during COVID and a lot of it a lot of it did. The lockdown, you know, it's like, well what are we gonna do? We can't tour. I mean I guess now's the perfect time to go in the studio. Voivod made their record during that. You know, I think Snake, the singer for Voivod, literally turned his living room into a studio. Like, went and bought a bunch of lumber before the 
the, all the lumber prices went to hell and and literally made a studio in his kitchen slash living room there in Canada and they made their record at Snake's house and That's uh, crazy. I, I, it's it's awesome and it and it really challenged them as a band and they just killed it and their new record is great um that would have been the, a good uh, documentary to see them build up, build up the studio, end of the album. That would have been a great behind he, the scenes. I don't know if he taped that. Like, yeah, like time. I'd relapsed. love to watch that as a fan. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. Because I like Boy Band too, so I would have loved to see them yeah, also create, building the studio and and, re- yeah. and recording the songs. Yeah, writing and recording the songs right. because they were having to write them, you know, from homes, and it was the first time that they, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. I think because we we had away <laughs> the drummer on the on my podcast and. We asked him all about it, and he was like, yeah, it was really the first time that I wrote drum parts on a drum machine or, or recorded them and sent just, like, raw tracks of drum tracks for them to write riffs over and, you know, were edited that way. Uh, it was the first time, and he felt like it was very strange, but the process changed for a lot of people. People's, uh, the way they created their art yeah. changed immediately because you can't tour, you can't can't be around anybody. They w- stay off the streets, lock your door. You know, it was, it was different. Well, the point, think, uh, the challenge of, of, of do you think also though, some artists aren't aren't into technology, so the thought of how they do this kind of stuff on their own at home is daunting. Some of them just didn't yeah. want to do it, and I can I can respect right. any any. There's no wrong answer, right. but I also think some of them may have been held back a little bit from being into it, just because the technology struggles they may have, you know, because I know, I know a lot of people have gone out and actually got themselves pro tools. have got themselves as other artists. Yeah. And it's cracked down. And like almost like a lot of musicians are going to be their own producers coming out. I mean, or they got their hands in it now. Sure. Too. Different yeah. world for a lot more musicians now. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But I think that, um, you know, there, there was one that, that I did during the whole, like sca- the main scare and the lockdown and stuff was one that I'm proud of. I was on like, I don't know, two or three songs on it. And that was the no cover record released by Ellison. And I, that was just super fun. Uh, I did riff raff. I did free wheel burning, uh, ACDC and Judas priest. And I did a cro I helped out on a crocus song and that's, I'm collaborating with all in those songs. I'm collaborating with, some of the baddest motherfuckers out there. Some of them, my friends, and so Dave Lombardo from Slayer <coughs> played drums on Riff Raff. Oh, nice, it's crazy as shit to just think about. Anyway, um, so that was fun. But it's funny how there wasn't like, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Charlie Benanti did it with the Silver yep. Linings record, and I own that record. I love everything about that. I love the whole idea, and it's very inspirational too for him to. Uh, to dig deep and do something with his friends and and give his friends something to do during that time, if they weren't, uh, you know, video home video production or recording gear at home kind of savvy right. yet, it made them learn quick how to do yeah. it to be involved. So that's good. Charlie actually was in a bunch of things, and it was really good to see him do that yeah. come out because. Well, he was on that no cover record as well. Right. But I'm saying a lot of people only know him as a drummer and, and it took a long time before people were like, Oh, he's writing a lot of the songs in the anthrax. He's a guitar player. He's like Yeah. You know, he's a big part of the song he's a he, huge part of the sound of anthrax. Played guitar on most anthrax records. Right. He wrote most of the songs. He played guitar on the S O D record. Yep. Which that's is insane fucking, to think about. Most people don't that's, know that. That's forty years ago. So, you know, he's been doing it the whole time. I just don't think it was a popular, uh, you know, with the Internet, Pat, now people can realize that. Uh, but it's been happening the whole time. Which is great, though, to see him get yeah. props, you know. I think he's oh, a yeah. super talented. He's a super oh, talented yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. I love that guy, man. It's, he doesn't even realize how big of a fan. Maybe he does. I'm a huge Charlie fan. Uh, the Anthrax is a – they're the odd bird of the, the big four when you kind of think about it. Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, and then there's Anthrax. You know what I mean? They sound different. They got the yeah. rap thing, injection here and there. They're kind of hardcore sometimes. They're scared. The image. Yeah, different. Slayer. Slayer has a hardcore element, of course. Oh yeah. But it's not the way the that Anthrax uh, injects that into their songwriting. 
you know, the hardcore, I'm talking about hardcore punk and alternative right. music and things like that, because Anthrax, those guys, they like everything. You know, they inject everything into their music. And I just think that there's something really different about, it. you know, some people prefer the Megadeth and the Slayer and old Metallica, I'll say. And, and, and they won't even, Anthrax, oh yeah, Anthrax. And I'm like, no dude, Anthrax, they need, they were there. You know, uh, they're still doing good albums. The last couple albums Oh my God, they're killer. And they're so heavy. Yeah, and who do you think? You know, uh, who? Where did Metallica practice and sleep when they recorded "Kill 'Em All"? Right, Anthrax. Anthrax Anthrax babied those guys. (laughs) There's some. They, you know, there's something about Anthrax. A lot of people just seem to forget about, and I, I, I'll remind them. No, I support that. I mean, I love them. They've always been a good show. I've always seen them all play on it and it'll be really good the um but the change of times even between singers with them i'd like both both versions i like when john sang for them especially that first album but then when joey came back you know you know right out of the park again you know yeah the the bush years i think are important uh because the band we were talking about the artist formerly known as dangerous toys I love that title. You know, and when you think about what Anthrax was doing with their music with when John Bush was in the band, it was kind of this uh, rebirth because of the climate, the musical climate. And the songs that Charlie and Scott and Frank were writing, I think, fit John Bush's voice super. It was It was an anomaly... And they had charting hit songs, and they had, you know, like, they're playing only in the set. Joey yeah. Belladonna is singing only in their set. That's amazing. That, that didn't happen but at he, first, though. But he's <laughs> also singing songs from the first record. Metal Thrashing Mad is a staple. John Bush sang Joey and Neil Turbin songs. Right. Now Joey is singing Neil Turbin and John Bush songs. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of well, cool. I think I think it's good. I mean, I know like I doubt you're going to have that happen in um, Judas Priest, though. I don't think you're going to have Rob's listening to uh, <laughs> Ripper yeah. song. That's not going to happen. I think, um, but it was weird because at that time though, they had the new singer, and then that's when Motley Crue had Karabi come in too. It was like the deep singer, raspy voice singer. Bands and both those deals had both signed big deals. Yeah. Both of them lost their singers. Both of them yeah. in. And both their singers were higher vocal range singers. And they both brought deeper singers at the same time. I always said that was kind of cool that they both did that. And they both released really good albums, you know. So, yeah, they, they both got singers with darker tones, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Who were still able to go into the stratosphere, but use it in a way that it wouldn't, like, become too much. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a perfect mix. Yeah, um, I think so, too. Dirty Looks, you've been doing some work with them? Yeah, the story goes, Henrik Ostergaard, the founding member of Dirty Looks, passed away about 11 years ago. Um, Paul Lydell, who is maybe not a founding member of Dirty Looks, but got there as fast as he could, was in a pretty fucking early version of Dirty Looks. Ultimately, I should just say, the cool from the wire and the turn of the screw lineup is back in action with me fronting. Now, this back to my story. With the passing of Henrik Ostergaard 11 years ago, about five or six years after that, which would be about five years ago, right? Uh, Gene Barnett, the drummer, and Jack Pyers, the bass player, who are on both the cool and the screw lineups of those Atlantic Records releases they had been talking about getting a tribute to Henrik together they were calling Paul and Paul basically said I would love to do it as long as Jason sings with Paul without even Paul consulting me he he threw my name and, and that he knows I'm a giant fan me and the Dangerous Toys guys are huge fans and have been since we heard Oh Ruby on the radio 
this is before the toys were even a, a, a name at all. We hadn't been signed. We were just a. I had only been in the band a couple of months. We were a new band in Texas, just playing a couple they of clubs. They, they never got to do those, so it's good to see you doing this. They're like it was like them and like actually Fastway. There's a couple of bands that came out that has a really great music, but did never got the real, the real do, you know. And, mm. and I think they're one of them. Yeah. So we were already fans, and we met we met the guys in Dirty Looks because we would always go see them play every time they came through Texas. And this is kind of important and very uh, much in my heart that Henrik used to invite me on stage when he would see me in the crowd he would pull me on stage to sing a song with Dirty Looks now in the history of Paul's like decade he was in the band during their hottest moment yeah the Atlantic years right uh, he never saw Henrik ever invite anyone ever anywhere invite anyone else on stage but when they got to texas and jason was there he would pull jason on stage so that is an honor uh i got along with henrik we love a lot of the same shit we sing similar our yeah. attack is about the same right the timber is about the same uh content is about the same uh so it was a no-brainer for paul to just throw me in there because he knew i was a huge fan so right before COVID hit, we flew those guys to Texas and we rehearsed in Austin. And the, we had a couple of shows booked on the East Coast and uh, which one of them turned out to be the live record that people can buy right now. Dirty looks cool from the Speedway, Speedway. on any format they want. If you buy the hard copy, it comes with a live DVD same audio but you can watch the concert um so we rehearsed one time then covid hit canceled the shows didn't know what was going to happen so things started to cool off those those shows you know one of those shows we got back and that would have been the september 18th of last year in sealands grove pennsylvania at sealands grove speedway and that was the one show we could take back that was canceled before. And we recorded, that became the live record. That became cool from the Speedway. Had a, it's pro shot on video. We recorded it to a hard drive. We mixed it, produced it, put it out. Came out May 31st of this year. So it's only been out for a short time. And uh, like I said before, it's on every format, digital format. You can buy the CD, <clears throat> DVD set on Amazon or from DirtyLooksMusic.com. We just did uh, two shows in Pennsylvania like two weeks ago. We played Philly uh, and we played Sealands Grove again, and it was successful. And, it was, you know, we, we've started to write a couple of new songs we don't know if anything will ever come of the new material that we're putting together uh, out of respect for Henrik. I mean, do we write a song that sounds like, am I mimicking Henrik? Do we write a song that sounds like, if we're going to use the name Dirty Looks, right? What? Do, how does that play out? You know, I mean. Well, I think if you sing and you're, you're right in the vein of that for you, and if they already are Dirty Looks, and kind, that's, of, kind of. You say, you sound like me. It really yeah, feels like it's kind of be, fixed. It's very organic, yeah, it's, though. It's not like we're, we're piecing bands together. That I've been, I'm not going right. to want to say, I don't actually don't want to name a band that had a lot of few members in and out. But I'm saying, you know, you're not like, you're, you're right. Uh, we, 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 this is the really, way it came together. It's still the original guys. Your relationship with him, as you just explained, singing with them, performing to this point where you're now, it's not like it's like, oh my God. I, I bet you the fans. Yeah, you I see, think that, they're I like, think they, that, get, they get it. Yeah, I think that we as a band, can literally dangerously be thinking about it way too much to just try to you know if you try to steer it right if you try to if you create a bullseye and you just aim for it i almost think that's a mistake it should it should try to do what you feel is natural they're gonna just write the way they're gonna write anyhow so it's gonna sound like dirty this. looks and how you get absorbed into it i'm telling sound. you you put paul Lydell and jack pyers and Gene Barnett in a studio playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Right. It's going to sound like Dirty Looks playing Mary Had a Little right. Lamb. 
that's what I'm saying. Certain bands have a sound no matter yeah. what you do. And certain singers, yeah. same thing. It's going to sound like way. So if you're already in that vein, it's not that big a deal. Oh, and, oh, and if that's Jason from Dangerous Toys, as most people would know, uh, singing, they're going to recognize that on top of that. Wow, it sounds like Dirty Looks with the guy from Dangerous Toys. Well, it is. Yeah. Dangerous <laughs> Looks. All the bad jokes you probably get from that. Dur- well, you know Dur- well the, uh, obvi- obviously, I have to mention this, that that this is too good and it's you can't make this shit up there's there was i don't think they're together anymore there was a band in houston area called dirty toys <laughs> which is actually a pretty cool name yeah it's pretty funny though yeah uh here's yeah. another funny thing that yeah. band king of the hill i don't know if you remember they had one yeah. record out uh, there, king of the hill am i said or i said i can't get the names right now they had the big but anyway song. king of the hill they used to be called broken toys Wow. Yeah, that isn't that weird? And then later on, I had a band called Broken Teeth, and then Dirty Toys. Anyway, it's too, yeah, it's, anyway. Move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, D- Dirty, Lo- Dirty Looks uh, Cool from the Speedway <clears throat> is a really fun uh, project and sort of reintroduction or uh, celebration of the Cool from the Wire and the Turn of the Screw material because yep. that's what the set list is made up. Of and uh, it's 17 songs, uh, you know, handpicked from those two releases. Uh, it's about 99% of uh, Cool from the Wire, and then there's like you know, six or seven songs taken from uh, Screw, and that's the set list. And and let me let me say this I, I, I don't know if I'm how to feel about it, I'm it's not like I'm super proud or. Uh, pumping this up, but apparently the set list now that we that we just did and that we did, uh, you know, uh, last year for the live performance that was recorded for the record, uh, 17 songs, Dirty Looks in the history books of Dirty Looks. I just say that because it rhymes. Uh, it, there has never been a set that long. They've always done like 12, 13 songs. And there's a reason that you know about I, 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 well, I'm, I get, I'm, I get to, I get to interview the original members on a daily basis now because I'm in the band. Right. So they've let it be known that in the history of Dirty Looks, they've never done anything close to a 17 song set. Wow. Yeah, I'm not patting myself on the back. You no, know, but do they say why songs, it's changed? 17, why why have they changed? That's a lot. To why sing would they... like that, 17 songs is a lot of work, if I yeah. don't mind if I say that myself. But, uh, yeah, they never, I don't know, they just, you know, it, it. for one, it's not really, you don't really need to do 17 fucking songs. I mean, you know, that's a lot. Some bands do 12 and just do a guitar solo and a drum solo, and it's the same amount of time. Yeah, it's so. I, if the fans dig it, I'm like, I I can get up of it. If it was me. Oh, I sure. think um, uh, last thing I want to talk about is your podcast. But before we do that, the one thing I do want to say is your voice. While we're talking about singing, okay. how have you kept it so strong? I mean, you have a great voice, but how have you kept it at peak? Because obviously, there's certain singers now that can't sing anymore. Well, how big you, the, the tour is? Yeah, if you don't, if you if you don't sing for six months or a year I mean it's a muscle you gotta keep it worked out and uh, I learned something from one of my vocal students uh, a few years ago he you know he's he's like at the time like 13 14 or whatever now he's like 17 or something and he's been able to and I, I'm quoting my student uh, keep his octaves and for people who don't know what an octave is, it's the if you here's the here's the best way. If you sing do re mi fa so la ti do, well, there's two dos in there. Those dos are the same note. One's just higher pitch. There's music theory, nickel nickel bag. There's nickel bag music theory. So the low do and the high do, they're the same note. One's just an octave higher, but it's the same note, right? Right. It's like difference between big old bear singing this note and little bitty bear singing this note. They're the same note, right? You got a and you got a and you got a and you got a They're the same note. My 
right? One's low, one's high. Okay. So he comes in, my student comes in, he goes, you know, man, my voice has changed. I go, yeah, that's natural. How do I keep my octaves? I want to keep my octaves. He was concerned about it. And that concern is what I'm talking about. If you don't continue to keep building your voice, because your voice is going to change. My voice is probably going to change in a couple of years. But because I'm on top of keeping my octaves by working with it pretty much on a daily basis, either with a couple of students every day or uh, working on a new song that, you know, I'm singing in the stratosphere and parts of it. You know, you're working out that part of that muscle. And uh, that's pretty much my only attest to how I, I might be able to have have kept my octaves. Well, because there are uh, a lot of singers that just couldn't keep it at all, no matter what they did, you know. Wow, that's, and that's, that's amazing to me that they either smoked it out or they drank it out. It could be health issues. Um, I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot of singers, the older they get, the better they get. Right. I mean, but it's Halford. because Halford's great. But, but it's because of either they've just stayed busy, they've stayed on top of it. Uh, and that's important. Yeah, Halford's one of them. He's my guy. I mean, he's one of my main guys. It's steady. It's always steady. I think he's better, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, it depends. I mean, he. it's hard to stay healthy when you're on tour, and that's his been part of our conversation today yeah um and i've seen him have excellent nights in the middle of a run you know a tour and then i've heard him be on the on kind of the sicky side where he's not exactly there you know and you know you you can take liberties live and still you know leave the important stuff in and save your voice a little bit on the road and fans are respectful of that real fans are you know if you want it to sound exactly like the record stay home and listen to the record right don't don't go to the show and go yeah he sounded terrible no he did not he's a 70 year old man kicking your ass and you don't like it <laughs> you're you're pissed off about something else you know right. and it's not the fact that a 70 year old man brian johnson i don't care good night bad night the guy is spirited and you have to love the spirit before you start to give out report cards (laughs) i don't think anybody should be allowed to or they or they do that they have to like put down a post like what they do what songs they've done what they do with the job so we can so everyone can go back and rate them yeah and yeah exactly and you know what that goes back to something we talked about earlier about uh the the big stadium tour you know motley Crue and and def leppard mm-hmm. it's like people shouldn't give out report cards you're watching old men traipse around a stage and do their best for you so you can relive those songs and that's what it should be about it should be about spirit and not a report card on how good or bad or how ugly and old or how you know oh they're not they're not what they used to be that's right the fact that you're still standing here 40 years later singing shout at the devil uh is amazing and you should cherish that moment what i can say and i can say me not being a musician uh obviously like that you know besides being a, a bedroom guitar player singer i wouldn't know all those bands over the years you, you know georgette sounded great poison you know brett sounded great he um same set they always do. No, no secrets there. Like I said, Def Leppard was the big surprise, bringing in new music. I think Joe's singing great. When I say someone's a good singer still, I'm talking like overall, because you do have bad nights, you have different changes and stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking about overall knocking out the park. I think Joe Elliott was the best. And and then you, you, even when you go to Motley Crue, you can't, Vince Neil is not the Dr. Feelgood tour. You never get that. You never get Dr. Feelgood Vince Neil back. Was he better than he's been in the past? Yeah. But was he singing every other, every other third song? Uh, yes, work. Yeah, but you know what you're going in there, and if that's what you want, the, the fans didn't mind it; they loved it. You know, and that's probably because of the dirt's resurgence too. But just have fun, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's all it has to come down to. Um, one of the best things I've noticed, and actually, besides your music, is, is I was happy to see you came out with your podcast. You know, yeah. now we're getting meta podcast on a podcast talking about podcast. Right. Um, 
let's talk about it. The inception, and I don't know much about your, your partner. I just know he's had some um, some literary uh, music yeah. music stuff, but I don't know a lot about him. Yeah, so let's talk about Dave. His name's David Glessner. He's from San Antonio originally, and I've known him for years. Um, I like him. I, I, I want to say I like I like the teamwork of you guys. I started to step on you. I enjoy the teamwork of you too, and you guys do really well together. You know? Oh, it's it's Beavis and Butthead. It's it's Wayne's World. It's the energy, but don't think you guys had the great the best energy together. He's, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a version of that metal show. You could throw it up against those things, and yeah. You know, to me, if I was going to sit down and listen, and this is a little bit harsh of me to say, is podcasts can, to me, can be a little bit boring. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not trying to perform on my podcast so that you're not bored, because I am basically fanboying out on a guest that we have, or a new record that's out, or a producer, mm -hmm. or an author, or whoever the guest is. Or some, some of our episodes don't have guests. It's just me and Dave with a topic talking about something like we're sitting in the garage. You know, yeah. it's, the, it's that. That's what it's like. Now, the inception and the, and the idea of the whole thing uh, is this. Uh, my songwriting partner, Jared Tootin, who, you know, his... Clint, his 15 minutes where he was uh, well he has many of those moments in his life but he because uh, he has a fucking Grammy but anyway he was in a band that was on uh, Geffen Records called Pariah and oh, they I had a re yeah and they had a record out called Tamaka Killing Bird so uh, they uh, he, he's he's been in he's been in Broken Teeth since the inception he wasn't on the first record the first Broken Teeth record. So he's been my songwriting partner and my friend since the late 80s, right? So he calls me up one day, you know, during the lockdown. And he goes, just a couple years ago now, less, less than two years ago. And he says, uh, he says, what do you, you know, it wasn't a conference call, but it was like, you know, it could have been a text message. And uh, to me and Dave, Metal Dave, Me Metal Dave is what his nickname so. And he's like, what do you guys think about doing a podcast? And I would basically produce the thing and edit the thing. And, you know, you wouldn't have to get too nerdy on the post-production side of things. You know, where you guys, you know, get together and just talk about something that you guys know a lot about and that you're passionate about. And, like, because you, when you guys do that in public and, you know, whoever's around just stops talking and starts listening to you guys. What if we did that as a podcast? And I was like, well, that's kind of a good idea. You know, sure, no problem. And, and that sounds fun. And What do we do? What, how do we start? And I had all the gear already that I could do. I, I, you know, no intention of it was just a handful. It wasn't that long ago. I didn't even know what a fucking podcast was. I'm a dinosaur. I am very analog. I don't, you know, uh, during the same, during around the same time, I had recently had to learn how to teach music lessons online via my school. I've worked for the School of Rock Music School for 16 years. So as soon as the lockdown happened, they were like, okay, we're going online. You know, we have to teach online. We have to <coughs> da -da -da, teach our instructors yeah. who are seniors you know how to teach online i'm like oh okay that's interesting okay so biting and scratching i had to learn how to do that well guess what that's the same as having some kind of youtube podcast it's the same thing mm -hmm. so that came in around the same time you know jared calling us going hey what about you guys doing a podcast and we came up with a name i had to come up with a name and i came up with talk louder and we loved it and you can buy a T-shirt on our website, talklouderpodcast.com, and a coffee mug, because it kind of is a cool name. There is some cover bands or something that are called Talk Louder. And I think it's a terrible band name, but I think that it's a great podcast name that has to that's deep seated in art or loud music, if you will. Right. Going to name my podcast Dirty Broken Teeth. I think that's what I'm going to do. Dangerous Dirty Broken Dirt, Teeth. Dirty yeah. Teeth. <laughs> dirty Teeth. Dirty Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awful. It was an awful merchandise too. Da dangerous looks. Yeah. 
It's it's they're all terrible. None of some of those work, and so Dirty Toys no. is probably the best one. Yeah, Broken Toys maybe. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, to talk louder. So we we were off and running, and you know, we, after a couple of episodes, me and Dave were like to Jared. You know, we were like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, that was fun. Cool. You know, what's for dinner? Kind of change focus. You know, it's like Jared's like, hold on a second, hold hold on. You guys don't get it. You have to keep going. Uh, you have to think like a hundred and you know fifty episodes. You have to think like long term. And I'm like, yeah. really? Oh my god, this is gonna. You know, we started to. It felt daunting, like it was gonna be this big weight, and now it's just part of our daily routine. It's, it's a it's a pot right? it's a pot of coffee and. You know, it's good friends and a bottle of wine. We just don't drink wine. We drink coffee. I think and, it's, it's uh, interesting. There's so many podcasts out there. Like, if I had known it was as many when I do this, I may have not done it just because I'm already sick of myself. Like, in effect, right. it's just because the right. word it's, podcast is so, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just did this because I have a background. I went to school for, and, and I'm, I'm in uh, New England, but I went down to uh, Georgia in 90, 90 okay. got a degree in recording and video and stuff. Yeah. Um, I do IT now zoom before the apocalypse i do you know i used to sing, used to sing in bands i started playing guitar a couple of years ago all in my wheelhouse nothing was even really that different for me as we were speaking off the air but then all the artists i know weren't touring and they weren't really complaining and i was like man i've got a couple of skills and i wasn't really as aware of the amount of podcasts that were out there prior to i'd seen a couple of things up there i said well i'm gonna do mine and this is how i want to do it i'm gonna do a show uh, the way i'd want to hear it but i want to have conversations like, we were not very linear today in this talk. We did not do the ABC Jason Grasser's life story. You know what I mean? No, I not I, I, really, I, I, Yeah, we didn't really do timeline. No, and, and I, 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 I've learned, I barely really. I've learned the hard way that that's a really good way to do it because you can, you're always backtracking and shit. Oh, I forgot about the blah. You know, we have to do it again. You know, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't think that way. No, you talk. can talk about the hottest topic, the current, and then you can dabble in whatever else is yeah. happening and what's in the future. And that's a podcast. That's an interview. That's, that's a, a conversation, conversation with, that's with friends. Right there. You're you know? just hanging out, sitting around, shooting the shit. And that's how we, we kind of wing it. I learned a long time ago. I used to host for just a short time, maybe a year. I hosted a like a like a low budget local access kind of MTV thing where yeah. labels would send out videos to local access shows and there would be a segment and I would do an hour. It was called the hard show, but there was, they would, it was edited and posed. And you know, the first couple of shows I did, I tried to write out every little script before each video that was going to be played or whatever. And you could just tell that I was reading it I can't believe it's exhausting to write anything out. Oh, my God. And the the episodes were fucking terrible. So I just threw it out the window and started winging it. Hey, what's up? It's Jason, man. We're going to play some videos. Some of them you'll like. Some of them you'll hate. I don't care. I like some of them. I don't like all of them. Here's Slayer with Seasons in the Abyss. You know what I mean? It was real just like chill. And I've learned that that's just, man, you work off the room. You work off the material that you're given in front of you. If someone, you know, slides over a plate of buttered bread, you work off of the buttered bread. You don't try to just, you know, you can, sure, you can fantasize about the food groups and that become the material. But if you're only given bread and butter, you can imagine that it's sushi all you want. And that's your show. But not everyone thinks like that. Like I have obviously no, conversation. Don't. I have, I have no notes. I've never had notes. People ask me like, yeah, "How do you do? Like, how do you organize?" I've never had notes. Over yeah. two hundred and fifty shows, whatever. No notes. Right. I know the artist. I don't even do a simple lot of research either. I might, I might I might look up dates to just refresh myself. Sure. But I don't know who I'm speaking to unless unless a label comes to me for a favor to say, "Hey, yeah, you know." But generally, it's not like that. To me, it's good to have a conversation, but some people can't do that. And if they try doing something off the cuff or talking about other things, they can't do it either because they just don't have that. So it's good that there's different types, but you're like, like a style. I like the style I, I did because that's as a fan, I want to hear other things from people. I wanted my yeah. favorite artists to talk about other things at the same time, I encourage them to go to their website and buy their merch because they're at home. And yeah. let's talk about, we were talking about American Idol or we're talking about this or different opinions and not getting like political because that gets kind of goofy. And nobody, I didn't want to hear that. Anybody's good or bad, but I agree with you or not, I don't want to hear it. But just other things in life, and just have them talk about real things. 
and, and you, you get like a different person, you actually can realize that that artist is a person and you can respect them even more how much they do, how hard it is for them to be a rock star and have a regular life, you know? It's, it's perspective. And, and But that's what I like about your show. It's the same thing. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, reading the, reading the comments is not something I do all day, uh, referring to the podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. I... I I hear about uh, really good ones, and every once in a while, one will pop up that if it's someone who said something really nice, or who learned something and is appreciative of the knowledge that came about that we just stumbled upon because of the artist that we had on the show, and that is worth a million bucks to me. When someone can watch it and go, "Holy shit, that was good! I didn't know half of that shit, and I'm the biggest yeah. fan," you know, so it's kind of like, "Wow!" So, in, in in the perspective that that Dave has is not my perspective all the time. We meet in the middle and agree a lot, but it's not the same perspective. We're we're ending up at the same party, but our directions are completely upside down. There's a handful of people I I, I hear from consistently for my show and those are all the okay. ones that i imagine I, I, I imagine those as being the, the base of the audience you know what i mean yeah what their opinion is is how it goes you know yeah and it's about having artists that they didn't know because my show will be like it's a variety of my list it's always different yeah. something different well, it's not just rock it's, 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 it's yeah. music it's a music show correct and sometimes it's it's people you know and sometimes it's it's you know family related who's commenting or it's uh, people you haven't heard from in a long time. Holy shit, I didn't know you had a podcast. I haven't seen you in 20 years. Fuck, this is awesome. You know, th there's a lot of that going on. And that's great because uh, if you sort of know this person, it's how it got on their radar is the, yeah. is the big scope. You know what I mean? Is how, like, okay. I haven't heard your name in 20 years. I thought you died or blah, you know, and then you're like, dude. And then it just it just blossoms like that, and I learned from friends of mine years ago this cool saying. It goes with a lot of stuff. It's kind of like you know you make your best friend, or you make your you know you 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 get you garner fans one at a time. You know, yeah. you, you make fans one at a time, and if you make fans one at a time, they're going to appreciate you way more than you trying to just brand something and sell it to a bunch of people all at once. Yeah, which, which is the name of the game. Ninety percent of the time, you're like getting all this stuff together and trying, well, no, that doesn't really belong because it's not really going to go with our core audience. Well, that one unicorn that comes in and goes, you know, I don't even like that person's music or this kind of music but your podcast really changed my mind right how we changed their mind is innocent we didn't we're not looking for that one person we're adding perspective different perspectives and telling people exactly how we feel somewhere between here and here and the, the heart and head meet in the middle because it's things that we could that we're knowledgeable of and if we're not knowledgeable about it we don't act like we know what it is like i say a hundred times in an episode i'm fully prepared to be wrong about this but i think it's related to blah right and then sometimes our audience fact checks the shit out of us and i fucking love that too nope it was in 84 and not 89 you know they're 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 coming back at me and i love that and i welcome it because I'm not right. I'm prepared to be wrong. So, well, I want to say the last note is besides this, you know, all the links you're here, there are also podcasts. And people call the show the podcast when it's just on YouTube. It's not really a podcast. It's really, you know, more like streaming, downloadable iTunes, Amazon, Spotify thing. Sure. Yeah. YouTube is, I actually consider a YouTube show separately, you know? And actually, there's, I think there's a difference, but it gets confusing, which adds to it because there's a lot of YouTube shows out there and they get confused with podcasts. You're actually a podcaster too. Yeah, uh, you can. Which is important for just, people to know, so they can listen yeah, to you. you because that's a different part of your audience. Listen. Yeah, you can listen on all of the platforms, Apple and Spotify right. and whatever, Amazon or whatever. But uh, the YouTube show, which is the same thing, but you get to visualize. I mean, because we do show and tell. We call it a shot of rock and roll, and we're holding up 
stuff that fans have sent us or a new record we just bought and we're talking about it and we're getting into it and it's this big nerd fest for 5, 10, sometimes 30 minutes and it's just a segment that we do sometimes. Yep. And uh, it's, it gives us a chance to go, no, we're nerds. This is nerd fest. It's all, the whole show is nerd fest but this part is super nerd. This is show and tell in the classrooms. <coughs> like, Monday morning and you got the new Kiss album and you go, look what I got over the weekend and the teacher's like, yes, Jason, that's really nice. Can you not really hold that up? You're scaring people. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those moments and though that's where the, the show could be really cool. Or if they're a huge fan and they want to see uh, you know, uh, uh, Todd Latore or uh, Max Cavalera step outside and have a smoke while they're doing a podcast because <laughs> they're doing it on their laptop and they can carry their lap, they can carry their phone or whatever, yeah. you know, or they want to see uh, Mike Monroe in his basement doing a podcast with us. They can watch it on YouTube and pretty cool. Yeah. It's, um, it is fun. I've had some crazy things. I've had some crazy people walk in the background. I had to do some editing that the artist wasn't aware of in the background. That, uh, that's okay we we have pets people are, no people are i was talking cats about uh, and dogs and stuff like that walk on probably spouses or something people have their kids <laughs> their kids yeah. and spouses make it make a debut once in a while or yeah they forget they forget they the, forget the mom the you know mom or the wife will be like tell them the one about tell them the one about that time that you you know and it's like oh yeah that's a good one i'm like, bring, it voices. On, bring it on Bring it on. No, I love it. I think I do too. I'll great. ask them to come on. I say, bring it, them on. I'll bring up their name. What's your name? Uh, you know, it's makes it real. Yeah. Campfire. Well, Jason, I want to thank you, man. Being on the show, it's been really good. My pleasure.